This is Disney master artist Kevin John, and when I'm in my studio, I love listening to the Mickey Dudes podcast. And now, from the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, it's the Mickey Dudes podcast. Here's your master of ceremonies, Wazowski. Hello, humans! Hello, humans, and welcome to another episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Koch, joined tonight by my producer, Grave Nevis. I regret nothing, ever. And our rotating Mickey Dude commentators, Tim Sweska. Due to construction on the new Star Wars land, Streets of America will now be known as Streets of North Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) Chuck Fitzgerald. Besides, they're tourists. What do they know? And Jeff Williams. Flash photography? I wouldn't. That alters the homing signal, and that's not good. And in a developing trend, our co-host, Pacinetti, is being evac'd off of Spaceship Earth tonight. When is this guy ever going to learn? Seriously. The dude got a uh, black cloud around him. Everywhere he goes, just things break down. And awkward silence. Great. <laughs> Nobody nobody wants to talk uh, out of terms with Pat. I see how this is. Well, if it was you, Dave, we'd have plenty of things to say. Most of them would not be uh, usable on the air. And I love you too, Chucky. You're wrong. Today we are talking about our bad moments in Disney World. Bad, when I say that, I mean either really awkward and embarrassing or just... I want to forget that day ever happened bad. Most of us have had them. If you've traveled extensively, it happens. I personally don't have any embarrassing moments. Well, maybe I do, but I'm going to make it sound like I'm perfect because, hey, it's me. And I do have many I'm mad at the world moments when in the happiest place on earth. So before I start getting hot under the collar... I'm going to throw this over to Tim to get us started. What are some of your less memorable moments in the world, Tim? Okay, well, my first one starts in the happiest place on Earth, literally the Magic Kingdom. My wife and I had just gotten off Space Mountain, and when I sat down, when I first sat down on the ride, I felt... Something maybe on the back, uh, on my backside that, uh, I was like, well, I hope somebody didn't leave something unsightly uh, in here that I didn't spot. And when we exited the ride, my wife was kind of aghast, uh, staring at my backside saying, "Uh, your shorts have a huge rip in them. So I'm standing, luckily, uh, no commando, uh, underwear exposed, to the free world, or at least the exit, uh, the exit of Space Mountain, and I have a gaping hole in my shorts, in the back of my shorts. So I do what any respectable red-blooded male would do. I grabbed my wife's sweatshirt and tied it around my waist. So we exit Space Mountain, where I sit on a park bench with shame while my wife performs her best quasi-mother duties and goes through the park trying to find shorts to fit my tree trunks that 
are known as legs. So I sat there with shame on a park bench with a hole in my butt <laughs> while my wife tried to find me a new pair of shorts. Luckily, she did find one, and it was under $100, thank goodness, in Disney. And uh, I raced off to the nearest restroom, changed, and kind of got away with a little bit of incident. But as I was tying the sweatshirt around my waist, a little girl walked by and commented to her father, Daddy, that man's butt is hanging out. Very loudly to the entire line. So, but yeah, that was a fun time. Imp- important question, Tim. Yes. Did you remember your mother's advice? Yes, I I, I could just imagine where this is going. Yes, I did. Oh, yes, I did. As... As all, right. all of us know, Very good. with uh, with going through the parks, you know, you you tend to sometimes get a little sweaty. You, send, you tend to sometimes generate a little bit of that man funk. And in addition <laughs> to all the necessary uh, health and beauty accessories and pers- antiperspirants and deodorants and powders, of course, you should always have a clean pair of underwear for every day you are in the world. And I don't Bravo. mean just Disney World, for in the world, you filthy savages, change your drawers. <laughs> I'm getting this mental picture of Tim blowing in the wind at Splash Mountain, and all I can say is that is sure of a how'd you do, mighty pleasant greeting, pretty good sure as you're born image right there. <laughs> hey, Tim, remember, what goes up is sure to come down. I, I now I now know how uh, with Dave you being a big Simpsons fan I now know how Martin Prince felt standing in the remnants that was his mighty pool after being pantsed by Jimbo Jones. <laughs> you know it's a shame that uh, Pete isn't a walk around character because he could have taken you backstage to wardrobe. Okay, I'm. <sighs> <sighs> I think I think I know where this is going. Probably around the same uh, of when I was referred to as a gorilla and when I've been referred to as Gaston, only a primate, and other things. And just because my wife's nickname for me is Honky Kong does not give you a right (laughs) (laughs) to believe that Pete and I share the same wardrobe. I was just thinking you're probably the same size. I'm not even going to really dignify that with a response because... To me, Pete kind of looks like the obnoxious guy sitting at the end of the bar, stuffing his face with hot wings, and the only thing athletic left about him is his feet. <laughs> so, <laughs> take the high road, Tim. Take the high no, road. No, yeah. you see, if I met Pete in a dark alley on a Monday night, I'd be freaked out. No, I would Why, not mess with him. Because it's a nine-foot-tall cat? <laughs> that, too. And on that note, Chuck... Give us a moment. Well, kind of like David mentioned um, in the beginning of this show, there's just so many moments that we see other people go through. Luckily, I've never experienced any because, you know, infallibility is one of my better traits. So (coughs) (coughs) you got got something uh, caught in your throat there, Dave? Yeah. Continue on. Yeah, continue on. Very good, that. Um. However, there are little moments that everyone, you know, experiences or go through, whether it be sitting in gum at the uh, Animal Kingdom 
Or, where my story goes, sitting at Flame Tree Barbecue and watching what I would assume would be a father of a family carrying his tray up to where the rest of his family was seated. The only problem was he uh, he failed to navigate the step to get into the seating area, and we'll just have a moment of silence for all the $75 at least worth of Disney food that was lost on that day. Oh, that just that absolutely painful. kills. Again, it's, it's, it's the walk of shame. It, it really is the walk of shame to have to go back with that dejected look the tray of spilled food, all of the marks all over you, and everyone looking at you knowing full well what you've done. And that's exactly right. You said dejected look. I mean, it was almost like he had gotten to the World Series and just <laughs> absolutely swung and missed on a, uh, a beanball that was tossed to him. He, he was the most sad man I had ever seen. I almost feel like that if there was a cast member there, I would tend to think there's got to be t- uh, some type of uh, something a cast member can do, a magic moment or something, where if they see that they just bought all that food and they have an accident like that, where they can just take them back and say, hey, can we just replace this and not charge them? I know, it's, I know they're there to be a business and everything, but I kind of just... I kind of feel like that's something that they would do for their uh, yeah. guests if they did happen to witness it. Yeah, I don't know what. Oh, I, I will. S- yeah, I mean, I will say, I will say, I, this is happening. I'm a klutz. I mean, if you guys get to know me, you'll know that I'm, I'm like the number one klutz. So, this has happened to me numerous times, and I, I, I don't come out and ask, uh, you know, for a freebie. But uh, nine times out of ten at Disney, especially, uh, they go ahead and just replace what, what I just dumped on the ground. <laughs> I don't. I don't think the the food service people, <laughs> uh, you know, care too much about the those those kind of that little amount of money to them anyway in a day's time. Yeah, because with food you really don't notice it if it's like one or two in, in that way. It's overhead for them and stuff. But now, question, Jeff: Was it always if it ever did happen to you? Well, you said it happened to you. Was there always a cast member that witnessed it, or was it just? You went and told them. Oh, no. So, yeah, it was just word of mouth. I mean, just me telling them, and uh, and they they have they don't even hesitate. Uh, I think I've, this has happened to me at least a half a dozen times. Just replace it. Don't even, no questions asked. One of the Disney special uh, moments, I guess. Well, I know uh, cast members are empowered to do little things like that. Like if a kid spills his popcorn or something like that, or if a balloon pops or something like that, they can replace it. And everything, so it, it would make sense. Yeah. And I don't think that that's something that people would really abuse, and because you're probably wearing your food when you're going up to them. <laughs> yeah. With that said, and continuing the conversation, tell us about one you had, Jeff. All right, guys, you remember uh, uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Uh, play it uh, back in the MGM slash Hollywood Studios days. So I, I don't know. We were. One of the few, uh, very few traits that I have that uh, is knowing uh, silly, nonsensical trivia, and uh, you know Disney trivia is definitely up that up that same uh, alley. But um, so when they when they introduced this this uh, show slash attraction, if you're not familiar with it, basically it was uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? It's, it's almost a, like a replica of the set, and I think there was 600 seats in there. But anyway, 
the, the they replicated the show almost to the T with the the the, the mood lighting, the the uh, the host sitting in the middle with a hot seat, um, and then uh, they had a semicircular, half circular of, of people. Uh, they were just for show, but anybody actually could get in the hot seat. That was one of the attractions of the, of the show, and so. Uh, to be able to get in the hot seat, it involved uh, correctness and speed, and a combination of both. Obviously, it needs to be both. And then, c- continuously through the show, they would they would flash the the leaderboard, and then basically the next time that person bailed out, uh, got something wrong, or just just didn't use the lifeline correctly, uh, the, lead, the head top of the leaderboard would go in, and you had all the little uh, keypads at your seat. Well, I remember when <laughs> uh, I remember. S- Thinking I, there wasn't much of a chance, but when, when I started seeing my name popping up or the, my seat popping up on the leaderboard one time, me and my nephew, um, the rest of the family took off, and me and my nephew really were getting into it because if you make it to the top, there's so many different gift levels, but if you make it to the very top of the million points, um, it was a free cruise, free Disney cruise. So anyway, we <laughs> it was kind of like our little, I guess, Vegas, but you know, with some skill involved, but. Uh, we sit there all day long, me and my nephew, and, and this he was a he was a teenager, but and uh, tried, but eventually I actually made it. The first time I made it in the hot seat, it was just kind of like, whoa, what just happened? You know, it's one of those surreal moments, and you, you kind of stumble down the stairs and make it to the hot seat, and they welcome you. And this is all being live recorded. It's like a full studio, and um, so I get down there and I plop down in the hot seat. The guy's greeting me. You know, sweaty hands just activate, right? And it, you know, I feel kind of like Cindy from Brady Bunch. She's like, you, I really wanted to get down there, and and I, I felt like I knew what I was doing. And then all of a sudden, you know, stage fright sets in. One of the things you realize, all the spotlights are on you, and there's a about a 40 foot tall, or about maybe 25 to 30 foot tall uh, screen with my, you know, picture on it, you know, projection. And so all this stuff's kind of rushing through my head, and I wouldn't call it. You know, it was just kind of an awkward moment. Um, I had to hurry up and contain, compose myself so I can compete for the challenges. But uh, but that first time was just blew my mind. It was just so bizarre, I guess I would say. Um, I think I made it out with a free hat and, and buttons on that round. So it was a uh, it was a bittersweet thing, you know. Uh, but uh, I, I would say I. I I wasn't intimidated. I, I present at conferences and stuff now, but that, that stuff that you know that you're, you know, when you're presenting at one of those stuff, topics that you're you're very familiar with. This was just like thrust into all of a sudden, you know, go. You got you remember things, you know. So uh, eventually made it in. Uh, I think total of six times to the hot seat, but uh, I never made the million points because different reasons. But it was it was definitely a, a fun time. Do you still have the hat and buttons? Yeah, yeah. So I, what we did with the pins, the pins, um, uh, we ended up keeping a whole set of the pins just for keepsake, and then everything else we, we traded them off. We got to let the kids just just trade them over the years. They don't seem to hold their value as much as I thought they were going to be. It wasn't really that big a deal on eBay, um, so I just didn't even worry about and it. And this is why I stopped buying most merch, because I get it home and I'm like, where am I going to put this stuff? And then maybe yeah. two, three months later, I go into one of these uh, OCD cleaning moments where I'm just saying there's too much clutter and I just take a whole bunch of stuff and I just throw it out and I'm crazy for days until I get everything out of the house. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, I, I wish I could remember all the questions that I went out on. Half the time I was by myself because the family would just go off and do you know, shows or something at uh, MGM, and uh, I would just kind of tough it out and do do like three or four in a row. Don't lie, you were but, at American uh, Idol singing. <laughs> Maybe. But I just have to say this real quick. There was this hilarious one moment where the lady, um, she got into the hot seat, and she made it all the way to the million-point question and had one of her lifelines was... uh, She had lifelines left, so she actually used her last lifeline on the million-point question, and it was pull the audience. And I'll be darned if she went against the audience and lost. I have no idea what she was thinking. It just just blew my mind that she did that. Mm. (laughs) But... Anyway, it was it was a weird. There's a certain hockey moment. chant that I'm thinking of, and this is a family show, so it can't be used. <laughs> but I tend to think yeah. if I was if I wasn't in Disney World anywhere else, I think I would have had to start that chant. Yeah. <laughs> Detroit sucks. <laughs> yeah. No, this one is a little bit more uncouth, but we'll change that. I forgot you are a Ranger fan, so never mind. Yes, and that tells you something. All sorts of unscrupulous things happened in the GAD. This is true. There is no denying that. Joking aside, that is a bucket list to go see a game there, so. Like I said, you ever come down to NYC, I roll out the red carpet for you, buddy. It helps working part-time in a hotel. Greg, what about you? I have a couple, but the the one I'm going to have to save for another show. If we ever do a restroom show... Yeah, I'll keep that one for for that episode. But uh, this one actually involves a little snafu that we had we were in the emporium and you know just kind of looking around i was standing next to my wife and my daughter was there too and she's my wife is kind of crouched down looking at some some lower merchandise and my daughter and i are just standing around looking looking at other other goods and whatnot and all of a sudden i heard this oh my god oh my god help me help me i looked down and somehow my wife was looking at, I think it was like wrapping paper or tissue paper, but there was a bunch of packaging that was on a hook, on a, on a peg wall or some kind of wall, and either the hook broke or fell out, and when it fell down, all that tissue paper hit other stuff and knocked other stuff on the ground. And it, it was, oh my God, it was such a mess. I was so embarrassed. She started laughing. I was embarrassed. I was getting frustrated because I was trying to put all the stuff back and I couldn't get the hook back in the wall. And finally, I, I just told her, just go, just walk away. I'll clean it up. And eventually I got everything cleaned up and quasi put back together. But man, it was, it was such a mess. And, you know, there's people, obviously, you know, that, that uh, shop is always crowded. So people saw what was going on and I was terribly embarrassed. And me being so frustrated made her and my daughter only laugh even more at me as I'm standing frantically trying to put all the stuff back but you know it's it's one of those things at the time it was it was frustrating and it was embarrassing but now that we think back on it we all get a good chuckle out of it but uh, yeah it was it was an interesting <laughs> shopping venture for sure you're a better man than me I would have left her right there you deal with it I wanted to, but she was hysterically laughing. Somebody had to clean it up, and I just wanted to get everything put back together and get the heck out of there, you know? Note to self. (laughs) Set up a show about bathrooms. The Mickey Dudes drop anchor, or in this case, drop trouser. (laughs) 
that show is going to be epic. We might have to put explicit on that one. No, I think that one we're going to need. <laughs> we're going to need Pat for because he's probably a uh, expert in the subject because he's so full of it. Love you, Pat. <laughs> Love you, bro. I could just imagine the day that this comes out. I'll be getting like uh, text bombed now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it happens every time Tim is not on the show and we start ragging on him. Let's not use the word bomb right now. <laughs> I'll say no more. I'll well no played. More. That's my for friend. that show. Well yeah. played. Okay, so I have to uh now uh stop for a second and knock on the wood of my parquet floors because I have not had an embarrassing moment in the world and I'm gonna be going pretty soon and I don't wanna have one at all. Now that I just said that and jinxed myself. I mean, I did have my share of times where I'm walking on, and I mentioned on another show, walking down Main Street, and I stepped wrong and ended up uh, twisting my ankle in the uh, trolley tracks on Main Street, USA. And as I'm going down and I'm about to fall, uh, I have at times briefly forgot that I was in Disney World and certain expletives were almost coming out of my mouth as I was falling, yet by some magic pixie dust I realized as I was about to say them still while falling, oh wait a minute, I'm in Disney, there's still children around so I was able to always catch myself before it was too late but some type of mumbling came out of my mouth and then everybody looked at me but half the time they realized that I was just about almost tripped so Every time, all was forgiven. As far you as know, that. is is it me or do you guys notice like when you're stepping off the sidewalk onto the street? Doesn't that seem like a really unnatural height? It, yes, you know I, what? I, now I always yeah. talk yeah. about that. I have had a couple times where I was walking straight, and next thing you know, um, again feeling like I'm falling and the same thing. So maybe maybe you're just awakening it in me. But yeah, I have I have experienced that, and I have fell off those curbs before. Maybe the issue is Dave doesn't know how to walk. It almost seems like it's... it's There's that. <laughs> well, That's why they banned uh, alcohol in Magic Kingdom. I don't walk, I strut. <laughs> because of Dave? <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Dave and his curves. He ruined it for all of us. I don't know how to respond to that one. <laughs> you can just say it's true. We already know it. All right, excellent stories, gentlemen. Now, have you ever had not as much of a, an embarrassing moment, but a really bad moment while on vacation in a Disney park? Don't all answer at once. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> nope, apparently not. It's Disney. I, it, there's no bad moments. No, there's just moments that you choose to forget, like watching the families have meltdowns <laughs> at 2.30 in the afternoon on Main Street, USA. Yeah, I actually do have one. Rain is inevitable at uh, Disney World. There's nothing you can do about it. it it's it's going to come, especially in the summer. It's those afternoon tropical storms. And and we, being, you know, Uber fans, we're, we know how to mitigate those uh, those really tough times in the rain and uh so we sojourn uh sojourn on and uh what most recently is it was probably about two years ago we knew the rains were gonna come and go we went ahead and uh went into animal kingdom and i think it was about a dinner break so we we decided even with modern technology and phones and and i'm getting really good at at uh, monitoring thunderstorms heading in we still know we can kind of dodge them here and there. So there were some thunderstorms coming, no big deal. 
and we I think we, we broke for um, uh, Flame Tree Barbecue. So we grab our Flame Tree Barbecue, know the storms are coming, get under one of the little, um, I guess, uh, covered uh, picnic areas, and start to eat. And the storms came like, like it was the end of the world. And for some weird reason, at that moment, usually they just blow by, right? You can usually kind of predict it. For some strange reason, they sit right on top of Animal Kingdom that, that night. And these are severe thunderstorms. We were literally trapped, I mean, it, it, in in the, the barbecue area pavilion. And we were kind of waiting it out. So we were just like, oh, any, you know, any moment now. And... <laughs> It was, if you've ever been about Animal Kingdom with rains, it's like the, the, the most floodingest uh, park of all the parks. And just there's certain areas that you will get stuck and be in literally two feet of water in seconds. It's kind of a, just one of the way, ways it drains. Uh, it, granted, that stuff goes away pretty quick. Anyway, long story short, we were stuck in this pavilion for about two hours with this other family. And we just didn't feel like there's ever a chance to even break out. And then all of a sudden, we realize, okay, we are, you know, 15 minutes from this park closing. We've got to just bite the bullet and just go for it. And we, <laughs> we just threw caution to the wind and we trudged to, to Dinosaur from, uh, that's a good, I don't know, about 400 yard, 500 yard uh, trudge. Uh, I'm not kidding you. It, it was literally two feet of water in some some places just trudging through and we finally got there and got to ride dinosaur one last time before the park closed but uh it just you just never know when when some wild uh, storm event's gonna happen i've like gotten that. caught in many uh downpour in the world and i always just looked at it as liquid pixie dust kind of emptied out the parks kind of just ducked away somewhere I mean, here, it was ending for you at the night, but during the day, those storms can be your friends. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that it just it literally just sit right on top of us, I mean, there's nothing you can do to predict that or, or even try to anticipate when it's going to be gone. And so that's why we were, that's why we, all the people, even that other family, they just took off. They we're leaving. And we're like, no, we're, we know what we're doing. We're, we're pros here, so we're just going to tough it out. <laughs> it just never re- resolved itself. Yeah, that would be a bummer. Mine isn't as uh, clean cut as that, to be honest. Uh, One of my worst moments happened to be in the Magic Kingdom. And now, have any of you ever done a family trip to Disney World where you have extended family with you and many of them? No. (laughs) Nope. I know where you're going with this. How did it work out for you, Jeff? (laughs) Yep. I don't think I could do that. It was a bittersweet trip. It's one of those things, kind of 50-50. <laughs> Just as much good that happened as bad. Well, <laughs> may the Disney community forgive me for saying this. I know this is a family show and all, but if you're planning on doing an extended family reunion in Disney, think twice, because like my grandmother used to say, Extended family is like fish. After two days, they start to stink. (laughs) Back in 2011, (laughs) I booked this really nice trip that I was trying to make for... It was about 23 of us. It was my mother's sister's families. She has two sisters. Uh, 
their husbands, their children, my family, my brother's family, and we took a couple of aunts and uncles on the way with us. So because I knew Disney, I coordinated everything. I made all of the ADRs. I put my credit card down for everything. I booked character meals where I had to uh, make leave a deposit back when they were doing that. Um, well, not the deposit, but they would have uh, canceled out. This was before I knew that if you uh, change the reservation, as long as one person shows up, they won't actually charge you. So I was under the impression that if people just didn't show up last minute, I would be charged for the people that weren't uh, showing up that $10 penalty. So I had put my card down for everybody's room to kind of just book the rooms and everybody was sending me checks and everything and then they were transferring the uh, deposits. Uh, they were paying the balances after I made the deposits. So with the 180 days out, I sent out an email to all the families involved telling them what ADRs I made, how much it would cost if it was one of those uh, preset menus and I had them get back to me on a certain date so that I could uh, basically uh, fix the reservations up for those who wanted to come and those who didn't. I figured that no need to constantly be on top of each other. It would be nice as if we go as a family, it would be really fun, but each family, I wanted to give them time to spend time with their family, them, uh, just their immediate family, while everybody else went out and did their own thing. So, one, I made sure that uh, if we were staying at the same hotel, I called up and made sure we were in different buildings. I made sure that uh, if we were in the same park we would uh, have time to meet up for a meal, but not every day. So that if people wanted to meet up and say, okay, we're going to go ride this ride. Sure, let's meet up at that way. I tried to just do maybe two or three major meals with the family so that we can have our time together, but also everybody had a little time special on their own. Long story short... Seems reasonable. Yeah, well, long story short, almost everybody reads the emails... And gets back to me saying what they want to do, what they don't want to do. Some of them asked, okay, well, let's add a few more dinners in here and everything so we have a little time to see each other. So I accommodated their, their request. I also booked uh, private time for everybody. One person wanted to do a tour. I booked them the tour. I sent my parents on a, a carriage ride at Riverside, just the two of them, to give them a little time uh, to themselves. And more or less, everybody got back to me except for one family who one of the people responded, okay, got the email, we'll get back to you. They never got back to me. I left voicemails. I left reminder emails. They never got back to me. So when it came time to do ADRs, I gave them to a certain day two weeks before the trip because I didn't want to get stuck. So I canceled them off the ADRs thinking, okay, well, they never got back to me. I'm going to cancel their name after sending them numerous messages saying, hey, get back to me, because we had different schedules, different time zones, stuff like that. Long story short, the trip comes, everybody goes to all these meals. I'm in the park. I call my parents to uh, remind them, okay, I'm on my way to downtown Disney for uh, dinner at uh, Wolfgang Puck's. 
and I have my mother on the phone crying, basically saying that one uh, family member just got on the phone screaming at her saying that we're monopolizing my grandmother and that I booked all of these reservations with my grandmother and I allowed the nobody else that, in that other family to have time with her. Long story short, I happen to have one of the children of that particular family member with me that I was about to drop off to them and we were going to meet at the hub and I was going to go off to downtown Disney at the time, wasn't Disney Springs. And knowing that I had my mother crying, I saw red. I went down to I went down to them. This is right in front of the partner statue. Flipped out on them for the way they talked to my mother. They started yelling at me saying that they I made all of these reservations and didn't include them. I said I sent you all these emails. They said no you didn't. I pulled out my phone and said, "Here, you even responded. Okay, get back to you." Their response was, do you expect us to read all of that? My response was, yeah, of course I do. (laughs) Totally blew up. (laughs) I said things to them that I feel bad what I said today because it was not appropriate for the Magic Kingdom. And basically, you know how the families have those little meltdowns? That was me right in front of the partner statue. And I ended up storming down Main Street, USA. It was almost like just... All of the people were parting out of the way because you could just you could just see the steam rising off my head. <laughs> I was so angry and just so beat red by that time. People were just getting out of my way, and it was the most angriest walk down Main Street. And just it was not meant for the happiest place on earth. But I was just seething. I'm sitting on the bus, completely muttering under my breath, trying not to. Uh, offend anybody but totally just wanting to just uh, put my fist through a plate glass window at that moment and (laughs) later on when I finally got to everybody I get a phone call saying is there any way that this can be fixed that we can join your reservation now granted I've had reservations for six people and then it was I've shown up with 12 people Kona Cafe and said, yeah, it's for six, but we actually got 12 with us. Can you seat us? And they did it. But at that point, I was like, I had I had it with these people. I did not want to be around them. I just pretty much said, yeah, no, you're on your own and just hung up the phone and just blocked their number for the rest of the trip. But it was memorable, right? Fight, 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 it was. fight, fight, fight. <laughs> Memories do happen there. Well, for years, they actually tried to bring it up again and start an argument with my mother that A, I didn't include them, and then B, the way I talked to them afterwards. And every time, both me and her just completely shut them down. I have had to walk out of Christmas dinner a few times because this has come up since 2011 in conversation, and to this day, I still get all antsy when it ha- when we have to talk about it. I, I was just going to say, I've... This, I feel for you. I've taken multiple groups, uh, family and friends, big groups, and small groups. And it, what's ironic is they don't really appreciate it until they go try to do it on their own. And then I, I hear all the accolades at that point. So Let the record show i rather goggle Drano than host my family in Disney ever again. Dave, for that reason, I exactly would never, ever do a big, huge family trip down there. The exact same thing with me. 
I mean, I'll do my immediate family. Um, but if you start getting into extended family, there's just too many moving pieces and too many different personalities. I mean, yeah, you're all family. And yeah, it's the happiest place on earth. But uh, stuff like that is just bound to happen. See, I figured by giving everybody a chance to do what they wanted to do and just separating everybody in different buildings. If we were staying at Riverside, for instance, I called up and pretty much this was back in the Grand Gatherings Day. So when I called, I'm talking to the cast member, and they would say, oh, I see that you guys are split. Let, us, let me get you together. I'm like, no, 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 please don't. I want to actually have a good time. And the <laughs> cast member just busted out laughing on the phone <laughs> in, in reservations. Yeah, it's, but, it, I, I wouldn't do it just simply because I, I, don't, I don't like some of them enough. <laughs> I mean, you always say you can't, you know, you can pick your friends, you can't pick your family. I, I love right. all my family. Doesn't mean I have to like them. You know, there are there were right. some good times on that trip. I'm not going to lie. There are some times I, I have some of the pictures. I look back, and there are some smiles still from that. But honestly, that that trip that was like a major bummer that was put on that trip. That whenever that trip gets talked about, unfortunately, that's the first thing that goes to my mind. And I tr I try to stay positive, but you know, live and learn. Anybody have anything else to add? Well, my last. Uh horrible slash embarrassing experience uh, was actually on we were on the way for our one my wife and I's one year wedding anniversary and I should have known it was a bad omen uh, I, I love road trips I love to drive and me living in central Illinois to Walt Disney World it is roughly 1100 miles but a really fun drive, really beautiful scenery, the foothills of the Smokies in southern Tennessee, gorgeous, a lot of greenery in Georgia, and getting into Florida, it's really, really a cool thing. You start seeing the signs, you start getting reinvigorated, kind of for that final push. Well, I had a bad omen right at the start. I blew a tire right in town, so before the trip. I So I took it over, got it repaired, and I thought, okay, cool well it's better now it's better happening now than on the road well we get on the road and about southern tennessee i blew another tire so i put on put a uh, put a spare on limp into a walmart and luckily they were able to change the tire and i told them this is and this was the exact same tire that had blown earlier and i said can you please check this just in case there may be something wrong. Sure, we'll check it. Well, back on the road, lo and behold, right before the Florida border in Valdosta, Georgia, I blow another tire. Was it the same tire? It tire was the same tire. Before? For those counting, this is tire number three. So this, you blew the replacement tire? Yes. The brand, I've, I've blown two replacement tires as of this point. Wow. So I again <sighs> limp it in. The only thing I can find is a Walmart, so I get it, get the tire changed, and I stress to the technician, this is the third time this has blown in a 24-hour period. Please, can you take a look and see what is going on? Sure, sure, not a problem. We'll take a look. No, no, we don't see anything, so you're all good to go. Well, I hit the I hit the Florida Turnpike in North Central Florida, which is kind of the uh, kind of the home stretch, right before you get into Orlando and I-4. And the tire blows again. Now, mind you, this is this should be, oh, a, at most, maybe a 15, 16-hour, well, 16, 17-hour trip. 
It has now turned into a full 24 hours. I am covered in grease. I am covered in sweat. It is unbelievably warm for early October in Florida still. And as I'm changing the tire, at this point, I have turned into a madman. I'm not even mad anymore. I'm just deliriously laughing because I'm on caffeine overload. A semi swerves uh, swerves over and almost actually decapitates me while changing the tire. To which point I looked up at my wife laughing like the Joker and said, Wow, that was a cool breeze and it felt great. <laughs> <laughs> to which my wife looks at me and says, You've lost it. <laughs> you gotta keep your sense of humor at that point. <laughs> well, we finally... We get the we get the the, uh, the spare on, and I limp it in. And at this point, I said, "We'll get we'll get it looked at after the end of the vacation. We're going to the resort. It's it can't do any more damage sitting in a parking space. I am done. I am absolutely done." And parked the vehicle, went into Port Orleans, and went up to the checkout. And we were a little, we were still, believe it or not, a little bit early because we leave unbelievably early just to make sure. And the lady behind the counter looks at me and she sees that it looks like I have actually crawled through the asphalt all 1,100 miles from my home to Orlando and says, Oh, honey, you look like you need a shower and a bed. <laughs> And it was the fastest check-in I have ever experienced at Walt Disney World. And I looked at my wife and said, let's, let's get cleaned up. Let's head over to Epcot. It was food and wine time. I said, I don't want to even think about this car. And believe it or not, because that was such a frustrating trip down, that probably turned into one of the best trips we've ever had. I actually kind of learned how to let my anger go on that trip. Because what else could I do? And it, it really turned into mm -hmm. probably one of our better right. food and wine experiences. It was a, it was a great time. Uh, Do you just, remember what year this was? 2005. Wasn't that the time around when they were doing the Firestone Tire recalls? Uh, no, actually, a little postscript to that. They had found out that when the initial tire had blown, it had actually torn a bit of very hard plastic on the okay. wheel well. And there was a big shard of hard plastic hanging down grating on a tire it was it was just it was just long enough to hit a regular tire but wasn't long enough to affect the spare was the spare one of those donuts the smaller yes type? it was you drove all the wow that's that much respect my friend well i mean it was i, I didn't drive the whole way yeah i mean, i i, 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 still, I, I drive changed the tire over several distance. times but yes it uh I, I finally said, that's it, I'm coming into into the shop, I want to see for myself because something's going on, and luckily I ran across the first competent technician in 1,100 miles who said, well, right there, that's the problem, and pointed right at the, which stuck out like a sore thumb. Now, two more questions with that, that first one. Was uh, this during the time that Disney had those deals with AAA, were you able to get your car uh, taken care of on, on property? Uh, no, this, um, we we actually addressed it after the trip, after we checked out. We took it to, uh, we took it to a local, uh, 
We took it to a local Hyundai dealership. Since okay. we were actually in an area, it was actually business hours. I just took uh, it was a it was a Hyundai Elantra, and I took it in to see an actual uh, Hyundai dealership. Took it to an actual certified mechanic, and they immediately pointed out what was going on. And the second thing was, did your insurance come through for you with all the reimbursement for the tires? No, actually, uh, the good people of Walmart got a scathing letter that has not been written since the 1919 Treaty of Paris toward the Central Powers uh, <laughs> from me. And <laughs> lo and behold, I was reimbursed for every tire and given uh, a substantial gift card for our troubles. Wow. Well, at least there's a silver lining nice. to that. At least Walmart made it okay, I guess. But, I mean, you really should have realized that there was trouble when you said, I took it to the Walmart mechanic. Well, it, honestly, when it's 7 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday in Baladolsta, Georgia, that was my only option. <laughs> that, I was right, already right. frustrated enough because I had an actual address and kept asking because the, these were the days before GPS, Garmin, uh, before it was accessed on every on every phone you could have. And I was simply asking where Normandy Road was. And everyone right. kept telling me, well, you have to turn by the McDonald's. And I, <laughs> I drove all over, over Baladolsta trying to find the McDonald's they were talking about where I needed to turn. Oh, There it's... are so many people of Walmart jokes that I could make, but I'm not going to touch this one with a 10-foot pole. It was truly, truly frustrating, and it's... It's one my wife and I do look back uh, and laugh about, but we also then think about it a little bit and cringe <laughs> because that was a very, very long trip. <laughs> Luckily, no yeah. problems like that before or since. Knock on wood. <laughs> well, I hope you never have to experience something like that again. I I hope not either, Dave. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, with that, yeah. Tim's story kind of sums up my closing quote. If you've ever seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, he basically says sometimes a laugh is all you got. Keep smiling. Have a magical day. You've just listened to another exciting episode at the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again real soon.